Xenologic. Tottenham 2, Everton 0. The 3 5 2 weaves its magic once again. For once, for the first time in a while, we saw Tottenham take control of a game from start to finish. Well, kind of. In the first half, it felt like Tottenham were playing a reflection of themselves. Everton playing a low block, being strong defensively and looking for slight opportunities on the counter. And in that first half, it worked really, really well. They had two chances. Demar Gray blazed way over the bar and Onana then also blazed over the bar. Tottenham, you know, you can tell this is a team that maybe doesn't control the game as much, you know, as teams above them do in the table. But they did create a couple of half chances here and there. But you could say that Everton and Tottenham were on even terms and it was a really tight game up until the second half. And then a very important moment happened. Richarlison felt something in his calf. He got taken off. Instead of making a like-for-like change, Conte saw this as an opportunity to once again reintroduce the 3-5-2. Basuma came off. You could say that was a bit of a surprise. Maybe so, maybe not. If we see Tottenham the season, we know for the Leicester game, for example, where the 3 5 2 was in full effect, and the strongest effect so far this season, they were able to put that um, to put that formation into action once again, introduce Busuma, and then it became a different match. Suddenly Tottenham were finding space, and they were creating a lot more chances, even more chances they were creating at any point of the game, at any point of the match. With that in mind, it makes you wonder why the hell don't they play this formation from the start. Maybe now with Kuliseski out and now with Charleston also out being, you know, him being the backup for the forward players. It means now Conte has no choice but to play FIFA 2 against Manchester United. Come midweek, we'll have to sit and wait and see. But this game can be looked at with much optimism from Tottenham fans because it showed that they can, they would have to burst to the ball most of the chances, well, most of the shots, and actually go on to win the game. Because sometimes, you know, with teams that defend in a low block and they suddenly they have all of the ball, they're not sure what to do with it. It's important to know what to do with the ball to make a difference. Everton obviously thought their best chance of winning this game was to sit back and let Tottenham have the ball, and it makes sense, and it was working. And then the 3 5 2 came into fruition. Basuma, Hoiberg, and Bentaker all together in the middle of the park. Harry Kane and Son put on this decent performances as well. Richarlison was, I can't lie to you, a bit lackluster. You know, his substitution was enforced, but it's one that maybe would have happened at some point anyways. You know, his first match against his whole team didn't work out quite the way he expected to or quite the way he wanted to. But um, all in all, Tottenham were able to turn the game around. In the second half, thanks to the FIFA 2 and Conte definitely has to think about using that system a lot more. I don't know what, really what else to say about this game. It was just, you know, first half, nothing much really happened. Then in the second half, you know, nothing much was happening at all. Richardson got injured and then hopefully he doesn't miss the World Cup. And apparently from what I've heard and what I've seen, it looks like a minor injury. He might be able to be okay for the World Cup. But we'll have to just wait and see as they do more checks and scans and all that kind of stuff. But all in all, it's a very encouraging performance at Tottenham because now they will look at the bigger picture. They sit in second place right now 
obviously, well, not second place, joint second place, you know, behind City and goal difference, which means third place technically, but, you know, they're still keeping in touch with, you know, the leaders in Man City and Arsenal, despite, you know, according to many people, they haven't played any good football whatsoever this season. And I think that if that is the case, then imagine what happens if they start playing good football. You know, reminiscent somewhat of the football they were playing towards the back end of last season and a little bit of the beginning of the season, in particular the opening day win against Southampton. You know, there's one man you could you know point you towards that, and that's being Kuliseski. And maybe when he returns an injury, Tottenham will reach another gear. But at the moment, Tottenham are doing what good teams do: finding a way to win when you're not playing at 100%. They did it. You know, early in midweek, even though they really should have closed that game off against Eintracht Frankfurt, the game should have been done. But they managed to get through it, despite a nervy ending. You know, Kane missing the penalty and them scoring, letting Frankfurt score in the last, like, five, ten minutes of the game. And now they followed up with another good victory against an Everton team that have been slightly under the radar this season. Like, the best defensive record this season up until, the, like, when these random fixtures came. So Lampard's done a decent job, but it looks like he's done from his mistakes. At Chelsea so far, you know, with the whole defensive issues and stuff. Obviously, signing Tarkovsky and Cody must be a big part of that. And in the first half, they looked really solid and it didn't look... And Tottenham didn't quit much. You know, Everton had the best chances with Anana and Gray. But in the second half, once that 3 5 2 got introduced, it was all done. It was changed. The game was over, pretty much. You know? And I think this system needs to be used in a Manchester United game, personally for me. You know, Son and Kane up front. And had the Busuma, Bentica, Hoybeck partnership in midfield. Obviously, Hoybeck and Bentica have done amazing by themselves this season. You have to do a lot of work in the 3 5 2, being the central midfielders. And they've managed to provide the energy and the drive and the competence and the consistency in, in that position so far. And that's, and that's a key reason to why Tottenham are where they are, despite not playing to the best and the highest level. Obviously, people point to the style of play and say, that's ugly, we don't like that, that's not attractive. But the harsh reality is it's getting them results better than, you could say, to the end of Pochettino's tenure. Even though the football by that point was getting quite stale anyways. So all in all, it's looking all positive for Tottenham fans. You know, it's looking all good. You know, my United game is going to be another test of their abilities after a draw at Stamford Bridge and a loss at the Emirates. Hopefully they can pull out a victory against another big six team. Obviously, Dukey versus Zeno, if you know, you know. But, um, yeah, we're going to have to just sit back and see how that goes. Of course, there's going to be a reaction to it, you know. But for now, stay tuned for the Manchester City Liverpool reaction, which is going to follow straight after this, you know. So, hold tight. But thank you all for listening. And I'm going to pass it over to Future Zeno, who's going to talk to you, who's going to talk to you about the Man City-Liverpool game. I think it's Man City, Liverpool, Liverpool, Man City. <laughs> Take it away, Zeno. Thank you, Zeno. By the way, it was Liverpool, Manchester City. Now, this was another classic between two, normally two of the best sides in the league. It was another game to put in the classic archives, another game to entertain, to commit, to cause drama, to cause all kinds of feelings if you're a fan of these two teams or not. Now, the game started off with Liverpool intensely coming at Man City, but then City slowly turned back the, t- the tide in their control. And soon enough, it felt like these two teams were on for another titanic battle between each other. 
Liverpool came into this game of course being much weaker than they usually are at this stage of the season or when they play against City. Instead of being the team in the immediate ascendancy chasing them down, they were the team sitting outside the top 10 after, under, after multiple underwhelming performances against all kinds of teams. But in this game, it seemed like they forgot about that completely and were ready to fight and ready to match Manchester City now. Manchester City probably came into this game a slightly with a slightly different mentality to how they were beforehand in previous games against City against City, against Liverpool, where they probably thought they could have, you know, get taken more risks because they probably thought that Liverpool were a bit more vulnerable than they have been in the past. And you can tell that Man City were a lot more looser, you know. On the offensive side, but Liverpool really came out to play and maybe that caught them a little bit by surprise. Probably not, because I'm sure Peppers come to expect this sort of level of football from Liverpool. Despite the form that they they had beforehand, before this game. And then the second half, it continued to be a really, really tight affair. It, honestly, you know, this game could have went either way. You know, there was chances for both teams. Now, Liverpool had the clearer chances, but there was chances for both teams. And although the infamous... The man himself, you know, Erling Brat Haaland, was pocketed and didn't score a goal. Oh, he, he, you know, Man City, you know, this was because Liverpool, for once, for the first time in a long, in a while, actually put, you know, a really solid defensive performance against, against the opponent. And, you know, they didn't concede first, like they've been doing a lot recently. And it looked like a lot of things are corrected now. Is that because Joe Gomez is playing centre-back with Van Dijk? Is that because Robertson's back in the lineup? Is it because James Milner was playing? I don't know, but everyone in that back line played really well. And, you know, if Milner managed to keep Foden quiet, Bernardo Silva was kept quiet by Robertson, and Harlan, of course, was kept quiet by Van Dijk and Joe Gomez, who was, I think, the Liverpool fans man of the match on their social media. So... A magnificent performance defensively. And obviously there was lots of like, as you would expect, controversial decisions going against... Um, yeah, going... Well, there's one main controversial decision. And that was the goal that they scored straight after um, what should have been a corner for Liverpool. So obviously, controversy on both sides. You know, Salah had a one-on-one. Um, Edison made a magnificent fingertip save, tip it around the post. It turned out it was a goal kick. And after from that goal kick, um, Man City advanced the ball and then um, Harlan was throwing goal and suddenly the ball came up. Edison's hands definitely heavily influenced by Harlan's presence. His foot reaching out there and kicking the ball out of Alisson's hands just for it to come eventually to Philip Foden and Philip Foden slotting the ball in via deflection of Joe Gomez. And obviously it was such a dramatic way for them to take the lead, but the goal was ruled out. The goal was ruled out. Turns out Haaland pulled down Fabinho in the build-up, but even if it wasn't awarded for that, it would have been awarded because Alisson got the ball kicked off Haaland's. Haaland kicked the ball off Alisson's hand. So, all in all, it was a very dramatic game, but the drama wasn't done yet at that point. Um, Alisson, with his trade, with one of his trademark goal kicks, inspired by Pepperino, <laughs> crossed straight to Salah. Salah did it magnificent to control the ball bring it down, bear down on goal and slot it past Edison. Second time lucky, right? Unbelievable finish and, you know, great composure. Giving Liverpool the lead and Liverpool were able to hold on for a really significant victory. Now, to show you the damage that has been inflicted onto Liverpool this season, the gap is still 10 points behind Manchester City. Don't even think about the gap between the team on top. You know, 
this is a 10-point gap still despite the victory and Liverpool can use this now as a building block to carry on and to keep moving and to keep going forward around Man City. Well now, the gap behind, the gap between them and Arsenal is now at four points. They're tied with Tottenham Hotspur and they've got to keep working before the World Cup break because right now as it stands, Arsenal are actually going to be top <laughs> come the World Cup. But nothing can be ruled out in this game. We call football. But all in all, Manchester City Liverpool, fantastic game to watch. Unbelievable entertainment once again. And well, Liverpool managed to eke out winners. But honestly, really and truly, this game could have went either anyway. A really dramatic, a really tight game. And, you know, a type of game that was always going to be decided by a bit of magic and the slightest of margins. And the referee um, correcting his decision to give the goal. And then Alisson's quick bit of thinking to set Salah through and goal were eventually the difference. Shout out to um, <laughs> shout out to Darwin Nunez coming on, moving like one mad guy with the came on. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say about that. But overall, to give a summary of the game, it was dramatic, entertaining, thought provoking. Obviously, Klopp barked like a dog when um, what's his name, Bernardo Silva pulled down Salah. I thought. I thought that definitely should have been a free kick. Like, what the hell? Nonetheless, Klopp was pissed, barked in the referee's ear, got himself sent off. I don't know if it was a sending off, but maybe he shouldn't be getting close to the assistant referee like that. But, you know, it was the emotion of the game. But um, all in all, a very strong performance from Liverpool. And they managed to um, build on the momentum that they built after destroying Rangers 7-1, which I did discuss in the previous episode. But um, that's it from the future Zeno. Hope you guys enjoyed this special 2-in-1 episode reacting to Tottenham Everton and Liverpool Manchester City and I'll catch you in the next episode Mini Lodge.